Hey, this is Mark. It's been barely five months since Dr. Robert Califf was sworn in as commissioner of the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, but he's already confronted some big PR challenges, and not all of them have gone well. Suffice it to say that on issues like abortion access, the baby formula shortage, and COVID-19 vaccines, the agency's crisis comms plan could have been much better. Stung by this series of messaging missteps, the FDA is now looking to tap a skilled public communicator to be its PR frontman. That's according to a report last week in Politico, which quoted anonymous, high-level sources within the Biden administration. This week on the podcast, is FDA poised to bring on a new PR advisor? And if so, who's on the shortlist? And can they bolster trust in the agency's health recommendations? I'm Mark Iskowitz, Editor-at-Large, and welcome to the MMM Podcast, medical marketing media's show about healthcare marketing writ large. I'll be welcoming back special guest Wayne Pines of Washington, D.C.-based APCO Worldwide, who is former Associate Commissioner for Public Affairs for the FDA, to talk about what's appeared in the press the type of person the FDA needs to bring on, as well as the steps the commissioner needs to take moving forward to firm up its public messaging. Wayne, welcome back to the MMM podcast. Well, thank you, Mark. I, I always enjoy these podcasts with you. Absolutely. I hope you're enjoying summer down in the Chesapeake area. We are, and uh, hopefully uh, we'll get through uh, this next surge of COVID and everybody will be, will be healthy. Uh, unfortunately, I know, I know too many people who have COVID. I've, I've not experienced it yet. Well, with this new subvariant, it, it appears that natural immunity doesn't count for much, right? I think that's correct. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so a- amen to all of that. So let's just get into the questions here. Wayne, and I'm just thinking, you know, Dr. Robert Califf, as listeners of this podcast already know, last served as FDA commissioner during former President Obama's final year in office. So it wasn't act- exactly a newbie. All the same, he kind of came into office on his back foot, so to speak. I mean, he had to step in and manage a vaccination rollout and any number of COVID-19 communications issues after a protracted period during which the agency lacked strong leadership. Then there was the saga around the approval of Biogen's Adjuhelm, which again, he inherited. So he came into the job at a time when the American people's confidence in the FDA was already suffering. So I'm not saying we should completely excuse any PR missteps that have occurred under his watch, but is, is a little sympathy perhaps called for? Well, he certainly has come into an FDA that was different than the one that he came into in 2016 when he served his first term as, as commissioner. You mentioned some of the things that have happened, COVID, you've had the infant formula, crisis. FDA has been on the front pages uh, virtually every day for the last two and a half years since COVID began, and there's no end in, in sight. Certainly, the FDA's reputation needs needs uh, bolstering. I don't think, looking at it historically, as you know, I've been involved with FDA's reputation for many, many decades, and I've seen it at a lower ebb, you know, in certain times. But, you know, more recently, I think when I served as a contractor at, uh, at FDA in 2020, helping out with COVID, I think FDA was under more pressure then when the, the world was waiting for action on the COVID vaccines. And then we had, uh, you know, episodes like hydroxychloroquine and convalescent plasma and episodes like that where there was clear misinformation, not coming from the FDA, but from other sources. So, yeah, the, the FDA needs to continue to restore trust in itself and, and it's in the decision that it makes. Sure, sure. 
Uh, let's talk about some of those issues and how they were handled. You mentioned a couple of them as well. I, I did in my intro. And it comes, of course, just a couple of weeks after a new crisis has emerged, and that is the FDA's attempt to take or its decision to take e-cigarette maker Juul off the market, which is now being blocked by a federal judge. So that's another area that the uh, FDA is, is grappling with. But let's recap some of the, the past crises that we talked about earlier, that we mentioned earlier. The baby formula crisis, you know, Dr. Califf struggled to explain uh, the FDA's sluggish response there, uh, which frustrated some of the Democratic lawmakers and dented the agency's reputation. Where, where do you think it went wrong in, in, that, in that instance? Well, we don't know the full story. Clearly, there was miscommunication. The FDA itself has said there was miscommunication internally. From a public standpoint, it appears that there were lapses in FDA management. From a communication standpoint, the FDA uh, could have anticipated the shortage uh, much earlier than the shortage actually uh, occurred. It appeared, at least publicly, that the agency didn't really start communicating on that shortage until after uh, the media got involved and then the White House got involved and then the White House basically took over the communications for a while. So I don't think that was a shining hour for uh, FDA. Hopefully now, you know, the agency is, is communicating more and is issuing almost daily or, or every other day updates on where the crisis stands. And I think for the most part, the crisis part of it is over. But certainly there are so many lessons to be learned from that. The FDA should have anticipated more in terms of communication, should have communicated what people really need to do in terms of, uh, of managing the crisis should have been reassuring about when the supply would be restored, should have explained better why formula made overseas was not, but now is, available in, in the U.S. So a lot of those explanations, in my view, did not take place. Hopefully, the agency has learned from that experience, as the agency learns from all experiences like that, and will do a better job next time. Sure, sure. And I know manufacturers uh, are, are also communicating directly with pediatricians on that. Uh, and I think I believe the plant is back up and running, uh, of course, which helps. The FDA also faced blowback over its protracted evaluation of COVID vaccines for, for the youngest children. It gave uh, mixed messages for the delay that led to confusion and, and some uh, nervousness among parents who were trying to protect their kids as the nation increasingly dropped COVID restrictions. And you were a, a contractor back in 2020 advising the agency on, on the pandemic. How do you think it could have handled that better? Well, I feel that the agency needs to be uh, somewhat more aggressive in terms of getting out its messages and making the messages clearer. I think one of the reasons that the FDA is looking to bring in a communications advisor is to, is to manage the COVID communications better. There remains confusion, I think, among people as to when to get boosters. There remains some uh, reluctance on the part of parents to immunize uh, their young children, which is a natural reaction for parents. When you see a tiny helpless infant and you think about injecting uh, the infant with uh, a product that is only recently available, you, you uh, don't object to the fact that the parents may have some reluctance. 
the agency needs to do more communications. And I think the agency is now recognizing that. A few of the things that could have been done better all along, number one, to explain what the FDA does versus what the CDC does versus what HHS does so that uh, the responsibilities are uh, clear. For a while there, CDC was taking the lead in communicating about the vaccines. Uh, That might have been more of the responsibility of the FDA. Dr. Fauci, of course, was out there during both the Trump administration and the Biden administration talking about these matters, and he gained a lot of credibility. And his voice needed needs to be coordinated with what the government is saying in other places. The websites that both CDC and FDA and HHS maintain uh, need to be updated more frequently and need to be made clearer with regard to what the actual recommendations are. This is a very practical situation where people want to make individual decisions for themselves and doctors need to make individual decisions for their patients. And that requires a lot of practical guidance from the government. And I would hope that as we move forward, we will get more of that practical guidance as to when to get vaccinated and who should be vaccinated at what point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Great. And, and speaking of another issue that has a practical significance, uh, abortion access. You know, after the Supreme Court ruled in the Dobbs case, uh, which overturned Roe v. Wade and took away Americans' constitutional rights to an abortion, abortion bans and restrictions have been kind of rippling across the country. Uh, there's a lot of confusion out there. And I think a lot of people were looking for the FDA to give some clearer and more extensive guidance than, than it has. Can you comment on that one a bit? Well, the FDA's role is to review and approve drugs that might be used for abortion. And there are drugs that have been recognized and that are approved by uh, the FDA. This will certainly be an issue. It will certainly be uh, litigated as to the availability of these products on a state-by-state uh, basis. And so, you know, this has not even begun to evolve uh, in, in any coherent uh, way. I think what the FDA needs to do is to explain what I just said, and that is there are drugs available on a national basis that they require uh, prescriptions, except for uh, the morning after pill, which, which I think doesn't require a, a, a prescription. But FDA needs to do a better job of explaining it without getting involved in the politics. Abortion obviously is a hot, hot political issue, and FDA should be avoiding all political implications. But FDA certainly, at this time, should be educating about the availability of, of the products. Again, I expect to see litigation in this area, and uh, you know the courts will eventually resolve this matter uh, based on the cases that are presented to them. Sure, sure. So now that we've analyzed what could have uh, gone better, all of which has bolstered the belief within the Biden administration that FDA Commissioner Dr. Robert Califf needs more high-level support, again, according to the press report. So let's get into the, the press report a little bit, if, if you will. Uh, now, you've advised several FDA commissioners over the years. I'm just curious, you, you were actually contracted in 2020, as we said, as an advisor to then-Commissioner Stephen Hahn on the COVID crisis, for instance. What did you think when you read this latest report from Politico? Well, I do think that the agency needs on a continuing basis, top-notch communications help. It has gotten that over the years. 
In this case, there have clearly been some uh, lapses, which we just discussed. And uh, it's good that the agency is bringing in more people to help. This person, regardless, is going to have to manage a broad portfolio that ranges from the COVID-19 response to cracking down on things like vaping and nicotine. And given that you were that person for a number of years, can you speak a little bit more to the, the type of individual that they need at this time? I think what I would look for in a communications advisor at this stage is somebody who is not just a spokesperson for the agency on any particular issue, but uh, you know the spokesperson function is a function of the commissioner and, and the very senior uh, staff. Uh, and the commissioner needs to establish uh, his or her own reputation in terms of speaking for the agency on these critical issues. What I've always said you know, over the many years, and I've I worked for many, many, you know, five or th- maybe, maybe more commissioners, either as a consultant or uh, inside as associate commissioner, uh, the commissioner is the personification of the agency. What the, the public, what the political system thinks of the commissioner is what they think of FDA. And so you can't have a spokesperson take over that role from the commissioner. The commissioner is the person who should be speaking for the agency on these uh, critical uh, matters. A communications person can serve as a spokesperson on most other matters. Uh, A communications person needs to develop an overall strategy for the, uh, the agency, needs to develop a clear message track for what the agency is saying, needs to manage the staff. Within the agency now, each center uh, the drug center, the food center, biologics, medical devices, has its own communication staff. And they need to be coordinated. When I was associate commissioner, we did not have that. As a matter of fact, I did not permit each center to have its own communication staff because I felt that the agency needed to speak with a single voice, and that single voice came out of the office of the commissioner. After I left, these various centers were formed within each, various offices of communications were formed within each center. And the task now is to coordinate them better so that the message come, are coming out on a more uh, coordinated basis and so the messages are, are consistent. There also needs to be coordination with HHS, Health and Human Services Department, which FDA is part of, uh, with the White House. Uh, when I was there, we did not have to, to uh, coordinate with the White House. The White House was not at all involved in uh, FDA communications. Now, obviously, it is and it has been for several years. So that kind of communication is also important. So I see a communications advisor coming in and helping with all of these matters, enhancing the, the reputation of the commissioner as the chief uh, message deliverer, I'll use, Uh, those terms for the FDA, uh, making sure the messages are very, very clear, making sure there's coordination of the messages within the various centers uh, at the agency and making sure there's coordination with the White House and with HHS and uh, other entities uh, within the federal government. Yeah, it sounds like this person really needs to uh, be just as well organized in helping to tie together and coordinate, as you say, all of these different parts um, of the government that are involved in the communications chain as the person needs to be well-versed in the actual issues involved. And again, according to the press report, the FDA is looking to tap uh, Vin Gupta as its new advisor 
Uh, he's a pulmonologist whose day job is chief medical officer for new products at Amazon. He's otherwise distinguished himself as a frequent NBC and MSNBC pundit on matters involving the COVID pandemic. He was also part of a group of health experts advising President Joe Biden's presidential campaign and transition on the pandemic response. Wayne, one, one other question on the story. I'm, I'm putting air quotes around this, but do you think it was kind of leaked accidentally on purpose? And, and do you believe that to be true, that this is the person that they're tapping? I have no idea. I've, I've never, quite frankly, heard of Dr. Gupta uh, before. There are other Dr. Guptas I have heard of in the communications context. So I don't know uh, him or, or his reputation. So I have no idea what's going on behind the scenes in selecting uh, a person to come in and uh, help with communications. I, I just don't know. Sure, sure. So clearer messaging, um, using the commissioner more, more useful website. It sounds like this person needs to be part PR whisperer and part front man, if you will. Uh, as you said, the, the messaging needs to come from Dr. Califf uh, himself, but that remains to be seen going forward. And the issues are, aren't about to let up. You know, the agency is facing the, the post-row fallout. It's preparing to roll out another round of COVID vaccinations this fall, intended to help protect against the Omicron subvariants. And uh, it's also moving to ban e-cigarettes, as we said, by the vaping giant Juul, although that's now been held up by a court challenge. So Dr. Califf is still in his honeymoon year, so to speak, and uh, there's still time to write the ship, right? Oh, I think so. I wouldn't use the term write the ship. Uh, I'm not sure this, the, the ship is, is entirely uh, off kilter here. The agency still retains, I think, a good reputation in the public and uh, has regained a lot of you know, the luster that it may have lost during part of the COVID situation when the government itself was not communicating overall clearly what the messages should be. But yes, there's still plenty of opportunity. I do think that uh, the commissioner needs to step out more in terms of the media. I think the messages need to be clearer. The agency perhaps needs to be a little bit more aggressive in, in, in uh, getting out there. And I think that that will help uh, continue to restore trust in the FDA and maintain trust in the FDA. That is so important. One of the things that I think we learned from the COVID crisis over the last two and a half, three years has been how important it is to have government agencies communicate well. Government agencies can take the right steps from a clinical standpoint. Certainly the government assistance in developing the vaccines was a, a remarkable achievement, but the agencies need to communicate better and there needs to be better coordination among the agencies as to the messages. And that's one of the lessons that we've learned. And hopefully that's one of the messages that will take hold uh, as we move forward. Indeed. Wayne, it's always a pleasure speaking with you. Thanks so much for joining us today. Well, thank you. I always appreciate the opportunity to talk to you, Mark. Absolutely. That's it for this week. If you like this episode, please give it a thumbs up. Better yet, subscribe on your podcasting platform of choice and help others discover the show. The MMNM podcast is produced by Bill Fitzpatrick, Deborah Stahl, Bradley Weems, and Gordon Failer. Our theme music is by Sizzy M. Sohn. We're out every week. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.